Hello and welcome back to the Lift Your Life podcast and I'm so thrown off on today's podcast because um, we've had a bit of a shuffle of roles and Laura's now taking charge of the Laura's Zoom. the boss. Laura's the boss. No, she's not. <laughs> but I feel very, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not happy, put it that way. But I gave, I gave <laughs> her the response. Yeah. But uh, how is everyone? Um, how are you two guys doing? Good? I'm good, you know, I'm good. I'm, I feel like I've had quite a happy week like I've been in such good mood for most of the majority of the time anyway which has been nice good Leanne I'm the same yeah this week's been a good week I feel like we've had like a bit of a dodgy few weeks and now it's all kind of on the up so I I cannot complain I feel like Leanne's at like full health now or just about just about yeah I feel like wrong for like the past few weeks Literally one thing after another, but I feel like I'm back now. I'm raring to go, so. I am in a very weird mood, as you guys know. Obviously, I've had a very strange week with the whole ADHD thing, but I'm in a great mood because we can definitely say this because by the time this podcast is out, it will be announced. We've had a bit of a change of plans, haven't we, with our group coaching? A change of heart. bit of a last-minute change of plans in that we did plan on doing our group coaching every sort of few months but it was just so good like so good the success the results the vibe and we're just like we don't want to stop no so why are we stopping so we are about to launch our next intake which is beyond exciting i can't wait i honestly like i feel like i'm more excited than the first time and i was so excited the first time Mm. yeah i I think it's because you know the impact it's going to have on people because we've seen obviously the progress and We've mm-hmm. done the the hard stuff, which was like, how do we do all the systems? And is this going to yeah. work? We know how it's going to work now. It's just actually putting it in place with people. So, yeah, yeah I'm really excited. Okay. Yeah, I think we knew it was going to be good, but I don't think we knew it was going to be this good. So I think we even surprised ourselves with it a little bit, which is just really satisfying. Just to blow our own trumpet and lunch. Yeah, just to brag. <laughs> to do it again you know um but no I can't wait so that's like tonight's agenda isn't it just launching all that and um yeah I can't wait and if you're listening to this and you've signed up obviously we're really excited to be working with you so we love you we love you so much yeah well everyone who did the first intake be absolutely amazing so thank you as well for being so special and making it our first one so questions um as always there's some really fun ones from Rachel but I'll save those later on in the podcast when our brains start to stop working um so someone's asked um antidepressants can they affect health slash training i'm on them at the moment but i'm looking to come off them mid-june so is there anything more about this in terms of how they can impact your training health etc yeah so i've been on antidepressants several times in the past and yeah they can affect you i mean there is a long list of you know potential side effects and like with any kind of um medicine it's going to be different person to person but i do know that one of the common ones is kind of increased fatigue like brain fog all of that kind of stuff so chances are that it probably is impacting your your training to a certain extent um And one thing I would say, obviously, you've said that you're going to come off them in June is, again, speaking from my own experiences, please, please do this in line with what your GP says and don't just come off them straight away because that is one of the worst things you can do. And like also been there, done that, and it it wasn't good. So, yeah, Yeah. don't do that. (laughs) I relate. Yeah, exactly what Leanne said. I would also say as well, though, we know that if you are struggling with like depression and low mood that you are less likely to 
go to the gym you're less likely to eat well um because it's hard to get yourself to the gym when you're not feeling great and you know you're more likely to turn to comfort food so there may be some negative side effects of using them but what is going to outweigh what now obviously going on the medication is for your mental well-being so 100% do that but actually if taking that yes you might be a bit more tired or there can be changes in appetite and things like that. But if in the long run, that's going to allow you to go to the gym and allow you to eat well, then is it actually worth doing with the potential side effects? Yes. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have pretty much covered it, to be fair. Um, I don't think I've got anything really to add, to be honest with you. It's a great job. No, I think as well with antidepressants, I could be wrong. I'm sure on a few of them, one of the side effects is quote-unquote weight gain. Um, it can be kind of either, I believe, um, either weight gain or weight loss. It, it It's just so dependent person to person. And I think the thing with that is that can scare people as well, like especially if part of their reason for going on them is, re- is related to their body weight and stuff, like because it can be, realising that the impact is usually either co- like causational or it's, it's so small. Like if you stuck to a calorie deficit, taking antidepressants would not stop you losing fat. And, you know, if you ate enough, that would not stop you. It's usually due to like appetite changes and things like that, isn't it, that has the impact. But that's where the support of someone who knows what they're doing can give you a structured plan and help you out, right? Well, leave sure. it someone. I know, I've only when you're three people. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next one is, I wake, wait, I wake up before eating anything, I feel really confident and then I eat and I blow and I don't know if it's bloating because I'm full or if it's normal but I feel like I get into my head a little bit about how I go from a flat stomach to a belly after eating any tips did I say that well enough did that make sense yeah I think so I'm I think it's important to understand that your body is going to change throughout the day as you eat and drink more as the days go on but also like what is the extent of the bloating because a little bit of bloating can be totally normal but if it's a lot and if it's like something that you are concerned about then it's maybe worth actually looking into it rather than just saying oh this is it's just bloating it's just normal from food you know what I mean it's actually looking a bit further if it is something that's like cause of concern but with that I think without like knowing anything further like obviously I'm guessing it's maybe your client Lucy or yeah like you might have a little bit more further information the first thing I raised was actually being able to like distinguish like is it bloating or is it just actually that you've got food in your stomach because when you eat yeah not only do you have that food volume but water is pulled into the digestive system anyway so your stomach can look a bit more distended but that's absolutely normal and where I went with this is I think when you see like these influencers and people on social media when they're taking pictures with these really flat stomachs and stuff they often do it fasted just or when they do photo shoots they do it faster with very minimal food in them so they can get that really flat look but most people do not look like that all the time and Mm -hmm. it's then being able to actually realize what does a normal body look like and if you can only be happy in a body that isn't normal it's then actually starting to unpack that so we were saying right let's make sure that you're not just following those people that make you think that that's the only size body you can be happy in and actually really realizing that when you do eat that that's still your body and it's still valid and that's normal and that's absolutely okay and we want you to be okay being confident in both so that yeah. was kind of the chat we had about that but I think for anyone else in this boat the first step is to identify well actually like Laura said is it bloating and is that something maybe you want to explore like is it some sort of digestive issue 
or is it actually that's just what happens when you eat and it's then creating that self of ex- that that state of acceptance around if that's just what happens throughout the day and that's beyond normal and okay yeah absolutely I think as you said like people don't actually look like that like we know like as women like we're not gonna have flat stomachs and I know I've been doing like a lot of reels and posts recently of when I was like at my smallest place and it may look in those photos like I've got a flat stomach but that is 100% posing like even when I was at that size my stomach wasn't flat I have organs and I have a uterus do you know what I mean like it's yeah Lauren do you have anything to add not really I think you've covered it It, again I think it just comes down to um making sure that your um you know what you're viewing on social media aligns with you and kind of where you're at very similar to what you said don't be following tons of people that it is just kind of posed and giving you a false impression of kind of what the norm is because that's not the norm Mm. I as well just to add to that as well is maybe just be very self-aware of how much you are body checking as well because if you are literally body checking that first thing out of bed and then the second you eat you're then body checking and being really hyper fixated on the changes well then that's potentially could drive some anxiety up so maybe I'm not ever saying avoid your body like absolutely not but if you are finding you becoming hyper fixated don't actually look at your body until you've eaten and fueled and nourished it and then use that as your basis as normal versus that first thing on the morning because everyone looks very different first thing on the morning when you haven't eaten anything yeah okay (laughs) okay um cool should we do another we'll do a fun one now we'll throw a fun one in the mix yeah would you rather visit the monster world with Sully and Mike or Neverland with Peter Pan? Mm-hmm. Neverland. Yeah. I'm going Peter Pan, yeah. Leanne looks very stressed. <laughs> very stressed. I don't know, you know. Well, you have to make a decision. You have to know. Probably, yeah, this is true. It's probably Neverland, let's be fair. I mean, as cool as it would be, would you not, like, obviously... If, we're a human in the monster world would that not go down pretty like you know that's true issues you know valid point I've, i would absolutely love to go to the monster zinc factory that would be incredible <laughs> or I just think... walk through one of those doors and suddenly be somewhere totally oh, different how about, this? how about this you go to the monsters world you walk through one of those doors that ends up as neverland <laughs> plot twist <laughs> best of both worlds winning always a way around things okay i i don't actually know what i can't even remember if, if this was one of my clients or not or what the context was but the statement which wasn't even a question was tips on fasting and nutrition and i'm i'm gonna guess it was coming from the space of like does fasting help oh no wait was it my ramadan client yes sorry that was it actually well I guess we could look at this from both angles actually couldn't we because they're both really hot topics at the moment with Ramadan being up coming up and then fasting seems to be a trend again at the moment yeah thank god not so let's go with the horrendous trend so what is fasting does it help with fat loss and does it help with nutrition like what is the actual like lowdown well fasting is just another way of putting yourself in a calorie deficit but it also as we find tends to have an increased chance of like you know poor side effects so if you're fasting you're just starving yourself for a set amount of hours and that just increases the likelihood that you're then going to engage in overeating and things like that instead um so yeah it's a no from me (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of it at all. Like I've I've seen a few people recently, like when I've been going through stories and stuff, and it's like they're putting on their stories that they're like 16, 17, 18 hours into their fast. And I'm just like, no, no, because you're 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 posting that you're starving and you've got like however many hours left to go. Why are you doing this to yourself? Mm. Especially then if your calories are then going to be pretty much matched to what you would then eat across the day. Yeah, it's like you're probably going to find that you're eating the exact same amount because you're so hungry, but you're just eating it in a shorter space of time. And you're probably going to feel really crap afterwards if you're doing it. day, you'll feel pretty rubbish. Now, yeah. fasting is an absolute no if for, for certain populations, 100%. Like if you've got no regular menstrual cycle or you really struggle with overeating and binge eating like absolutely not and then beyond that there, there's little pockets of research but it's like there's no like massive conclusive research and like laura said and leanne said rightly like if you're just going to end up overeating or you're just going to feel rubbish throughout the day is it worth it like what's the point mm-hmm. and actually as well we know that there is some level of research to suggest that you're more insulin resistant later on in the day so you're more sense you know and this is a whole analogy like breakfast like a king and all that sort of shit the reason kind of behind that is that you can theoretically be more insulin sensitive so process like carbs and stuff better earlier in the day and if you're fasting then you're probably going to eat later in the day so that kind of contradicts it a little bit from what i think so i just agree i just think unless for whatever reason you feel it works better for you and you can function well okay if you want to do that do it like you know do what do you do what you hunt but i think most people would be very in agreement that they don't want to do that like i wouldn't want to do that i want my eggs in the morning mate yeah like sometimes i'll like don't get me wrong when i'm dieting i tend to like wait until about 10 o'clock to have my mm. first meal but nine times out of ten if I feel like really hungry before that I will eat do you know what I mean like it's not as if yeah, there's, there's a difference I'm between yeah. and, like closing yeah. the window a little bit too which can be really helpful and I do the same but yeah and I just I think as well like like you said Lucy you have to look at how it's going to impact your day as well like are you going to get to lunchtime and be absolutely wiped out not able to do anything because you're so hungry so drained of energy it's not worth it and actually as well looking at it from that perspective if it is for fat loss because i think typically that's where people are doing it for yeah if you're tired and drained you're probably going to move a lot less like your neat's going to drop off a lot which is actually then going to decrease your deficit which is then going to make fat loss harder so i i just don't see real benefits at all i really do now moving on to the space of fasting for ramadan because obviously this is a very different scenario this is for culture this is for religion and there will be a lot of people doing this this is one of my clients she's starting ramadan i think it's next weekend it starts and she's wanted some tips on nutrition around it so i don't know if you guys have got anything to add or say but my tips were to start with something that's going to hydrate you because you want to hydrate yourself so start with something really hydrating like fruit something along those lines making sure that you are having especially in that meal just before you did the fast closes um to have a very you know big meal around protein fiber something that's going to keep you full and balanced and 
trying to make your nutrition as balanced as possible because you're going to be tempted to just go for higher sugar, higher fat foods because you're so hungry. Um, but actually that's going to give you that blood sugar rise and crash, which is going to make you feel tired and hungrier and make the days harder. So try and especially in that first meal and like last meal, have a have really solid balanced nutrition. And that was my advice. Do you have anything to uh, add? I mean, I think I probably pretty much the same to be fair like just actually not just going for stuff that you feel like you want in that moment like bars of chocolates bags of crisps like obviously you can't have those but not making, not making that like your full focus you know what I mean um yeah yeah Leanne anything to add nah pretty much the same to be honest I think it's difficult yeah. because obviously it's not something that we've like done ourselves um but very much like what you said, focus on those foods that are going to keep you feeling fuller for longer, like your slow release energies and things as well. Um, yeah. And plenty of the thing as well, the benefit of having plenty of fruit and veg is they do hold a lot of water as well. So they're going to be hydrating as well as because trying to cram like, you know, liters and liters of water in that short time frame isn't going to be fun and ideal, but you can get more hydration through you know water and i think as well like if you then go for dehydrating things like really high salty processed foods that's going to dehydrate you and then make it harder as well so i think it's bringing in that fierce compassion isn't it that you're probably going to want to just go for the shittier food so to speak but actually that's not going to help you out so if you are wanting to still have balanced nutrition and you know good amount of energy and just make it easier for yourself like actually being quite disciplined with yourself to do that yeah so I reckon it'll be hard as well, because obviously in like sort of Asian culture, like I know people all eat together and there's big families. So it's probably with people around you just having lots of those sorts of foods. So, you know, maybe mm -hmm. even if you if you if you do this and you experience the benefits, like sharing it with people, like, you know what, the last sort of few days I've been eating like this. And this has really helped with my energy. Like maybe we should all try it. And that, you know, might help other people out as well. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so with regards to building, what progress is it that we're wanting to see? how to know I'm on the right calories um, what signs to be looking out for, etc. So basically like what are your progress markers really when it comes to being in a building phase, because this person's always typically done fat loss phases. And obviously it's quite easy, isn't it? Scale weight, progress pictures, how clothes are fitting. You can then dictate that you are losing body fat. What do you do when you're building muscle? I think when you are in a building phase, especially when it's your first one, it's really important to actually remind yourself that you're not going to see changes as quickly as you will when you're in a fat loss phase because you're obviously you're not going to see your clothes fitting better you're not going to see inches dropping you're not going to see all these other things that we notice about ourselves when we're in a fat loss phase so I think firstly it's important to actually know that and understand that and think but know that it's okay like that's fine it doesn't mean you're you're in like a bad place um and what was the other parts of the question you just basically like what progress markers like how to know it was what did she say like what progress markers should we be looking to see um how to know i'm on the right calories etc well obviously with calories it's one of our clients so you've got a coach that is going to help you through that and help you with that phase um so i guess firstly just trusting your coach and knowing that they are they've got the knowledge to help you with that and then as for progress markers, I think it's always good to set like gym progress, like progress with strength and things like that, rather than, you know, like some anything to do with your body. Mm. Liam? Yeah, I was going to say very similar to that. Focus more on the strength. I think one thing, and I think 
it comes down to as well if you are looking at a lot of competitive bodybuilders and stuff on instagram you'll find that when they're in their building phases they do put on a lot of body size quite quick um but for you know your standard person that's not a competitive bodybuilder like myself i've been in a building phase and it has been so gradual like sure my measurements have gone up but it has been like very slow and they haven't actually gone up that much so it has been kind of hard to tell that the process has been working um so yeah just focusing more on like the strength gains like my strength has like shot up in the past six months and my energy and things like that um rather than the kind of physical side of it yeah yeah I think it's important as well as not it's it's not about focusing on how much size you can add to your body it's about focusing on how much strength you can build like there is such a big difference there that's it it's because it's the muscle that you're building isn't it rather than kind of putting on the fat it's like because we're doing it in such a controlled way as well it is going to the muscle um of course there will be a little bit of body fat but I think a lot of people kind of think like oh my god I'm just gonna like jump up two dress sizes because I've increased my calories and that that's just not the way it works no, not if you do it in a sensible way and I think yeah. like what you mentioned about muscle and fat is that's really important to realize is that you could lose like 20 pounds of fat in you know three four months if you wanted to you couldn't put 20 pounds of muscle on in that time unless you were taking a shit ton of steroids I wish yeah <laughs> not like I wish the mass not the steroids you'd be lucky to get you know in female building phases especially when you're a bit further down the line and you're not in that newbie gains you know it's a, it's a couple of pounds in a phase which is shit but it is it's slow and of course because it's concealed you can't even see it. it's minimal anyway like when you lose two pounds on the scale you don't see it do you no you don't really see it and you, that's kind of the same with the muscle. So it's, it's a really slow burner. Mm-hmm. It's an awful and cringy cliche thing. But what I said is, is trust the process. And what you've just got to do is trust in the processes and know that it's achieving the outcome. You know that one plus one is two, right? So a bit like if you put a toast piece of toast in the toasting setting that is the one that puts it at the right amount of toastiness, you just trust that it's going to come out perfect. It's kind of like that. Great analogy from me, thanks. I've never heard that one before, but I love it. <laughs> always a good toast analogy because you can't eat bread um so what i was saying is as long as you are training hard you're pushing close to that failure point you're training accurately so you're actually stimulating the muscle not just throwing weight around you're eating enough and enough just needs to be a small death you know surplus it doesn't have to be this mental three thousand four thousand calories just over your maintenance to give your body that excess energy it needs to build protein sufficient every single day and you're prioritizing your recovery all of those things amount to muscle building. Yeah. Simple as that. And if you are confident you have done those things consistently, and when we say consistently, it doesn't mean bang on every day, but for the majority of the time over that, you know, at least I'd say at least four months it needs to be done for realistically, yeah. then you can be confident you have built muscle tissue. Absolutely. Toast. Toast <laughs> yeah it's a strange one though isn't it because like fat loss is a lot easier in the respect that it's so much I think it's easier to stick with because you can see it happening yeah I think like going into a building phase can be really difficult for a lot of people because I mean especially I think yeah because like your majority of us our whole lives like has been dedicated to to dieting and then you're actually going to go and come out of this diet and not, not gain loads of weight like that's not what the goal is as I says but you are going to gain a little bit of weight intentionally. And that's quite a scary thing to do. I think as well, being really intentional and focused on the positives as well, because when when you've 
I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of jumping between phases. Like, you know, people, you see people like, I've seen the people on my Instagram at the moment and like cutting bulking every six weeks, like what are you doing, mate? But when you jump between phases, as I think all of us have done, at some point you'll start to really miss parts of the other phase. So like when you're in a building phase, you're like, oh, I, I kind of miss how my body looked a little bit when I was a bit smaller and a bit leaner maybe. Um, when you're in a dieting phase, it's like, oh, I miss being able to have all these calories and my gym session's been really good. And you, you then think about the other phase. Yeah. Being really like intentional and owning the good stuff. Like if you're in that building phase and you can have a bit more flexibility um, with your food choices and your gym sessions, like Leanne Zara flying. Like I love your little comments on a workout. She's like, I loved it. I was strong. <laughs> but she's really owning that rather than just like, oh, I wish I was smaller. I'm uncomfortable. You're like, no, do you know what? Maybe this isn't my most comfortable body, but God, she's thriving. God, she's flying. And I'm loving this flexibility. And I think that's why you've managed to really like stick this out and enjoy it because you put your energy and focus into all the good stuff that comes with it rather than the, oh, my body's getting bigger or oh, this is happening. Absolutely. And I think even in the grand scheme of things, like my body really hasn't changed that much. Like my waist and hips have gone up a little bit, but not great amounts. Um, I'm still wearing kind of the same clothes and things. It's not yeah. like, yeah, you know, my dress size has changed or anything. So it is very minimal, which in one respect, you're like, I've been eating all this food, why is it not? But I am <laughs> trusting the process and I know that like I am building building them big muscles. So you can hench me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well, actually, this is why I like to use the word building, because when you think of building, it's just adding those little bricks onto what's already there. And that's kind of what that phase is. When you use the word bulk, what do you think? You just think fucking eating all the food, puffing out. Eat the word bulk. Uh, this, this client keeps using it. I'm like, no, no, stop. But the reality is you're probably going to get the same outcome in terms of the level of muscle development you do, you'd get from doing it in that sort of slower, more controlled gradual way where you're more comfortable in your body versus that eating so much food that it's uncomfortable you feel like shit and then within two or three months you then want to diet again mm-hmm. you'll get the same outcome because it doesn't matter if you're 100 calories into a surplus or 500 calories into a surplus like we know in the research it just has to be in a surplus and enough protein and training hard so why not do it in a way that allows you to be more comfortable in your body you're not feeling sick with how much you're eating you'll then have more longevity so you'll actually get better results anyway yeah sick bulk is banned it's another banned word that lifts your life yeah bulk, bad food um there's many banned words isn't there naughty food is. <laughs> oh, that, that one really makes me give me the ache you know which one when people are like um like i sit on facebook like oh i feel really naughty this weekend i'm like oh. it's like fucking yeah. burger what are you talking about Mm-hmm. I yeah. always want to try though. I'm very, very good. Mm. Cool. Okay, so a question: How do you tra- train your brain slash train yourself slash manage emotions slash feelings <laughs> on actually eating more is going to fuel my workouts better? So I guess this is very kind of links in quite nicely to to this past question, which is basically like how do you train your brain to realize that eating more is actually going to be better? And this person has come from that background of restricting dieting that sort of thing yeah um I think kind of like the last one like it it is a hard thing to do and it's not easy to kind of come from that place where you have been restricting yourself for such a long time to then go to a place where you're like no actually eating eating more food is going to help me it's going to benefit me so much more it's a hard thing to do but I think it's kind of looking at 
how you are feeling in yourself, like how your energy is, how you're being, how you can like act day to day, how you're able to carry out tasks and other things like that compared to, you know, before when you were like potentially starving yourself or under eating or whatever that, that was that you kind of came from, if that makes sense. Yeah. My word is a word that I've used so much this week, but it is literally evidence. You eat more. That's a good word. You give your brain the evidence that eating more gives you better workouts. Your brain creates that connection. Your brain then has less fear and then wants to do it. Like I remember when I first started with my PT, um, my first initial meal plan was designed for fat loss. And on that meal plan, my sort of lunch was a salad very cliche and um, I used to train in the morning because of my work shifts so I'd go to the gym I'd have like it was oh god it was so like off when you look back protein shake after the gym and then I'd have this chicken salad right for my lunch and I remember we just not had the conversation for whatever reason and it was about six months down the line I'd lost pretty much all the weight and she was like right what are you having for post-workout and I went I'm having my salad she went what it's like I'm still having that salad she's like oh my god no 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 you need to go and have some carbs are you having carbs before I went not really, I'm like a, I was like 25 grams of oats or something, like really small. And she's like, right, I need you to eat more. Come on, like, let's, we're getting strong now. I need you to be having like 40, 50 grams of oats before and then go and have some cereal afterwards. And I was like, I can't do that. Oh my God, no, like not at all. But then the more I did that, I mean, first it was great. Cause it's like, oh my God, I can pick a box. Oh, <laughs> um, Eddie, I would fucking hate me. But um, I then had that evidence that I am so much more fueled and recovered from doing this. Like, I'm training so hard now and I'm not aching as much because I'm actually recovering properly from my sessions and I don't feel drained after my workouts. And it was really nerve wracking at first, but when my brain had the evidence, it was like, mate, give me the carbs, give me the carbs. Leanne, do you want to add to that? Not really. I think that's pretty much it. But I guess another thing is just remembering that it is going to be gradual as well. Like you're not going to, I suddenly have a 500 calorie increase. Like if your coach is sensible and if your coach is one of us, then obviously she's sensible. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a gradual increase. And in the same respect, you're not going to like suddenly start eating more and go into the gym and like be thrown around double the amount of weight, like the Incredible Hulk type thing. It's still going to be a gradual thing. There's not going to be this like massive shift. So it is just trust in the process. If it is really sparking up emotions as well, I would do it gradually. So like let's say well the thing they've just said have they just said eating more yeah eating more is gonna feel my workouts best so they've not even necessarily said like in a pre-workout meal sense or anything so what you could always just do is just start with just your pre-workout meal and be like well that's the session that's that's the food that's going to fuel the immediate work and let's just increase this one to start with and give that brain evidence that nothing bad happens and then you can build on it from there and then just slowly gradually build it up that general exposure to like let's bring this in nothing bad happens cool let's add to it and that's just a really good way just to train the brain because that's that's why we have fears like you aren't born out of the womb like by the for example scared of spiders i think i was <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> there's a spider crawling on the wall when she was like in the maternity unit she was like oh, mate. <laughs> i'm talking about but we learn. tries to crawl back into the womb at that point <laughs> everything is learned like what we're scared of what we're fearful of whether it's from um you know experience whether it's what we're told what we're taught like it's you can unlearn things i think that's what you need to realize is it's, it's just what your brain's learned but you can retrain it 
but you have to be proactive to retrain it like it's not just going to happen like you can't just go i'm going to be not scared of food now it's like okay no you actually have to test it and have that food and realize either good stuff happens or nothing bad happens in this instance it's probably going to be both and then you can keep doing it and then that fear response will just die because the brain's like oh nothing to worry about and that's why people who are like scared of like snakes and spiders and they want all like phobias and they want to get rid of it they just do exposure therapy where they just literally get exposed to the thing multiple times to give their brain <laughs> i was like no not a chance if I, gonna, if I was ever famous and gonna go on like i'm a celebrity or something and i probably would never do it but they said we'll pay you like five million i'd be like yeah fuck it i would do that i would go and like just expose myself to loads of insects so that when i do them challenges i'd be like because then no one would vote for me it's only the people that react that get voted <laughs> There you go. Until I've really thought about my potential famous future life, right? I guess that's what Lucy actually does every day. She's not doing any coaching. She's just like, right. This is where my brain goes. This is where my ADHD brain goes when I'm meant to be doing beckons. <laughs> thinking about what, when I'm going, I'm a celebrity, when I'm famous for something. Um, I love it. I love it. Me too. Okay, cool. So we've got two more. We've got a serious serious ish one and then a rachel fun one so do you want to do serious ish first or fun one first i think serious it's safe safe fun for last okay Okay. (laughs) so it wasn't really a question but i guess we could kind of talk about it so the statement was we need a podcast about online influencers affecting people so for this context this person had experienced a little bit of negativity on social media and it had impacted their self-esteem and confidence so i guess what we could we could do with it maybe this could be a full podcast for sure but maybe how to deal with online criticism online hate and how to not let it impact you because i think that would help quite a lot of people to be fair yeah absolutely um, I, I feel like i've waited first the past few times so i'll <laughs> have a chance go on leon thanks um, I think it, it that's such a difficult one, but it just comes back to remembering, you know, it goes way back to when people were assholes at school. Like it says more about them than it does about you. Yeah. I mean, if you're that insecure that you're throwing hate at people you don't even know, then, you know, what's going on in your life? Like what insecurities do you have type thing? Mm-hmm. So there's that side of it. I can't remember what else I was going to say there. I've lost my train of thought. That's- um yeah realizing it's more about them than you because it's yeah yeah I think what I went down was I was just saying you can say all these things but I was I brought out my blunt Lucy side I just said look mate at the end of the day if you're going to put yourself out there on social media whatever that looks like whether that's your body whether that's your personality unfortunately you're putting yourself in a position where people are going to say something right yeah putting it as it blunt it is that's what's going to happen but whether it's online or in person or not, people are always going to have an opinion or something to say. Don't mean it's right, but they are. You cannot change what someone is going to say or do or think, ever. All you can do is work on your reaction and response. That is the thing that you can control. Like me and Laura especially, how much shit have we had on Instagram mm-hmm. with stuff, especially in those anonymous questions? There's anonymous question boxes. You, you kind of just put your hand up to say like, do you know, throw your shit at me, mate. Yeah. Like, did you see the ones in Karen's question box where they were like saying shit about me and they were like, I was like, motherfuck. Yeah, that was yeah. I was like, brilliant, I love this. Um, you're an idiot. But 
as you can see, I'm just saying, I literally looked at it, I was like, wow, what a weirdo. <laughs> because I just thought at the end of the day, right, I don't, if someone thinks that about me, they think that I use my clients, I don't actually like my clients, that I'm just trying to sell to everyone on social media because I've actually messaged them and said like, hi, um, <laughs> fine. But am I going to let that make, you know, ruin my day? And be like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Like, because one, it's not true. I don't know this person. And ultimately, I have that choice to go, am I going to really let this get to me or am I just going to brush it away? And I know it can feel hard in the moment, especially if it is something personal, but you ultimately have that choice, what you want to do with that information. And I personally, when I get, I get some fucking dickheads in my anonymous ones, like last week, like, oh, you don't have ADHD, you're making it up. Okay, hon. Um, Okay. I just don't even repost it because I think when you repost them, you're giving people ammunition. Yeah, you're they're just, just going to keep going as well. So I personally, if I get like, usually if I get like hate in those boxes or negative stuff, I just, I genuinely don't even put it on my story. And it's not because I'm, I'm scared of what they've said or anything, but I just think when you do then reply to it, you fuel in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's my kind of more fierce, compassionate advice there. Like, I know it's not nice at all. You know, I've had a few. I'm like, oh, that's 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 a bit mean. But that, you can't change it. You're never going to change people being horrible, ever. Nah. And if and you never... Oh, sorry, you go. No, you go, you go, you go. No, no, I'm just like, you're never going to be everybody's, like, cup of tea, so to speak, in the same respect that, like, don't tell me you don't go online and think certain things about other people either. You know, there's some people online that I'm a bit like, I don't like you. But the difference is we don't go on and kind of give them hate type no. thing. But yeah, you're, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Nobody ever is. Um, no. But I think as well, again, it's it sounds awful, but if you really do struggle with it and it's not your job... Don't do it. Don't put yourself out there as much. And I know that's really harsh, but you have got to understand that the more that you put on social media for the world to see, the more you are exposing yourself to that. And I personally don't think anyone should should have to put up with that. They should be able to post, especially when they're just posting really positive stuff. But maybe just be self-aware of that because I just would be myself. Yeah. Leanne, Lauren, anyone want to Yeah, no, I, I think these have pretty much covered it all, to be fair. Like, people are dicks. Plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. They are. People are absolute dicks. And if, if, they, if they think something and they, they're going to say it, then you can't stop them, as you've said. And it's just, yeah, it, it happens and it's a shitty thing, but... And if they're not anonymous, just send us their, their name and we'll go for them. Like, don't you worry. <laughs> the yeah. three of us, like, no stopping us. <laughs> I think as well, though, the last thing I was going to add is if you do get sort of negativity, just actually being able to really be like, so take that step back and go, is this truth? Like, is it not? Because sometimes people will just say really stupid stuff. Like, I remember one time someone was just saying some fucking weird stuff in yours, Laura, like last last year or the year before or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like, yeah, ne nearly two years ago, probably. When I was at my old flat, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. What well, was either, I think it was not long after my shit. So yeah, like a year and a half. I think I'd definitely come back from, it might be like Dubai or something. I'd come back from somewhere. I remember that because I remember I'd I'd had like no steps that day. So I was just like lapping like near that like little near mine. <laughs> and I remember you seeing them and I was just like, what the fuck's going on? Um, But like when we, I think I'm sending you this massive voice, not like Laura, like this is all just, none of it's true. So don't let it get to you because it's just, it's not true. Yeah. So like, especially when it's not truth. Like, why are you going to let 
like that get to you yeah but you have the choice right that's it sick um the final fun question then it's just a rachel one again we love you rachel okay. would you rather own hercules pegasus or 101 dalmatians pegasus duh <laughs> i said that as well i thought 101 dalmatians would be right and full i just thinking of the poo that you've got to pick up it's a lot yeah maybe not one dog let alone 101 more <laughs> but flying around on a winged horse um yes yeah i wonder if you'd have to pay road tax like flying a horse road tax for flying a horse <laughs> you know like if that's your mode of transportation road tax <laughs> or flying a horse okay, maybe not. i mean yeah, i don't think i don't think that quite i'm sure there's probably some like air tax rules or something. there you go oh, like that, yeah. Hello, then a car. I, I agree on that. I, I said that one quite easily. I was like, there's been some dilemmas, Rachel, but that's not one. So try out. <laughs> that's that, a good. I wouldn't mind like spending like an hour in a room with 101 Dalmatians. That oh, would be fun. So overstimulated by that, would be too much. <laughs> too much. Um, but yeah, that's all the questions for today. It's been a good one. I think it's been quite fun. Yeah, yeah, a good one. I feel like it's been ages since we've done one of these. I know, but we are going to be keeping up to them more regularly, aren't we? So, oh. we just needed a break. I think like Leanne's like little midlife crisis. <laughs> we all just needed a break. Um, we did, but it's back. We're back, and we're ready to absolutely smash it. Never, never. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll love you and leave you. And I have to now leave the power in Laura's hands to actually end the podcast. So please do. Otherwise, let's gonna... just never end it. Let's keep it going. <laughs> We have to end it to upload it, Laura. Oh, well, where's the fun in that? Okay. <laughs> Laura, press the end button now, please. Bye. <laughs> Bye.